Just just a whole generation, no fire types. Yeah. Wait, we already had that. <laughs> oh, God, don't remind me. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. The post Go Fast Rest is definitely the best. Let's run back these Ultra Unlock details again, but this time with feeling. The August Community Days will have you seen double. Dialga and Palkia will finally have their time to shine. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 154. It's July 20th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, what's up? Uh, Not much. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's great. I'm also doing well, despite my body being in an absolute... <laughs> Re- just it's it's a revolution going on over here physically uh my body's very upset with all the walking we did this weekend but my heart is full and my brain is very very happy uh it was go fest 2020 one weekend this past weekend we did a short recap on day one and day two those are both on the feed unedited sounding kind of tinny a little loud a little weird uh with uh several great friends of ours and familiar names and voices to those of you that have been around and slash or in our discord community if you haven't heard those and would like to they are available on the feed just as a normal episode um but we will of course be covering some of our personal takes in an extended format here on the proper show but before we actually get started here and we do have quite a bit to talk about niantic has been busy in the last uh, 48 hours Big shout out to new patrons of ours, seven of them. In fact, if you can believe it, we hardly can believe it. Tori, Brandon, Josh, P. Shell, Jennifer, Betsy, and Tristan. Thank you so, so, so much for your confidence and your support. We hope you enjoy the Discord, and we're looking forward to getting to know you better. All right, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals, and uh, they were some hefty goals, especially for GoFest weekend. Would you like to go first or second this week? I'll actually give you the choice instead of uh, forcing you. I'll go first. I'm My fine. man. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the first one was 100 raids. I did it. Awesome. Barely. Now, I have a question about this. Yeah. It, was it 100 raids within the event hours of Saturday and Sunday or just Saturday and Sunday in general? Look, the original idea was 100 raids on Sunday. Yes. But that was never going to happen. And after having done like <laughs> 37 or 38 raids on Saturday, mm-hmm. it just made sense to combine it. So, yes, I agree 100 uh, percent. Five million experience. I didn't quite do that one. I All got right. about four million. Nice. That's still a hefty amount. But oh, yeah. yeah, a little short of the goal for sure. Uh, 20 shinies. I crushed that. You crushed it. I did. I got 41. Anything notable? I got another shiny Mewtwo for what's that worth? It's only my second one. I got a shiny Galarian Zigzagoon, which I really like a lot. Well, that's not the full story, but yes. Yes, that's the that's the that's the basis of the story. Anything else? 
Uh, I mean, a, a variety of other stuff, but those are, that's the standout one for me. Awesome. Great. And then your rock ghost and electric and dark platinum metals. That was ambitious. Sure was. There was not very many dark or ghost types at all. So, no, I got electric and rock done. Oh, well, congratulations on those two. But that's no cigar, sir. Uh, Two out of four for you. But it sounds like you had a great weekend anyway. I should know. I was there yelling at you. (laughs) (laughs) And and also with you at several times. We were just yelling a lot. (laughs) For myself, I wanted to hit level 47, which I did to zero fanfare whatsoever. The (laughs) pop up (laughs) didn't even happen. Couldn't even take a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, The only reason I noticed it even happened was because i started getting credit towards the level 48 uh challenge a level 47 challenge to level 48 which is like you know walk kilometers get hearts with your buddy and stuff like that so boo there we go 100 raids uh did happen over the course of saturday and sunday if you do not just take the event hours that's why i was asking so i did manage that <laughs> 97 within the event hours of both days and like 110 outside of that something like that it was it was intense it was 25 shinies i did do that i ended up getting 33 and then two more quite uh quite soon after that actually three and then uh hit seven million dust and i did i did do that posted that in goals today very very happy about that one um and as far as shiny highlights go i caught three rock and roller that was hilarious <laughs> very happy to to finish up that family in one fell swoop um another shiny articuno which to me is hype as somebody that participated in the first articuno raid day what was very uh, rare it's, it's a feel-good catch for sure my fourth shiny mewtwo uh and a couple of others that weren't oh tons of chime echoes kyle you got four of them yeah i did i got four of them i also got two audino yeah that's wild i think total because i was just crunching some numbers the entire weekend i hatched 117 eggs something Good like that God. um 3.5 million experience and like 700 to 800 thousand stardust something to that effect it was a good weekend. It was a very good weekend. But we'll talk about the event in just a minute here. And I guess without further ado, why not hop into the news? Yo, what up? It's the news, as promised. Uh, so Niantic put this really nice summary recap uh, article out. It's very nice. It talks about what happened on day one, what happened on day two of GoFest. And still with a whole bunch of we had a really great time with you trainers, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great read. Go ahead and do it. I'm not going to read it all the way through because Kyle and I have our own experiences to share. Um, But they did put these four great little pieces of statistics, these numbers out, which I thought were very interesting. Trainers caught over 1.5 billion Pokemon uh, between day one and day two. Trainers spun over 900 million Pokestops. Trainers completed over 23 million raids. That's uh, that's a ton. (laughs) That's a ton of raids. Uh, And lastly, trainers collectively walked over 125 kilometers. Uh, Sorry, 125 million kilometers. (laughs) We were all sitting still. (laughs) That's all drift. (laughs) 125 million kilometers. That is no small sum of distance at all. 
Um, but let's just kind of go day one and day two really quick and kind of give our feedback. Again, we did cover this uh, slightly in our recaps, but let's just have a nice little package here complete in and of itself. So day one, we had the rotating habitats. I guess you could call them that, but they were themed hours. Um, and uh, cave was the best one for us. We were really hyped because it had dino and, and Galarian stun fisk for that XL candy grind and, you know, a bunch of other fun things. Um, but, uh, what was your experience, Kyle? Did you enjoy spawn density variety? What was your experience on day one? Like, so day one was fantastic. It was just an overall great experience. We were in Indianapolis. We were surrounded by a great group of friends that we've made while making this podcast. So overall, it was just a very fun experience. The rotating habitats were good. Although I'm I'm kind of getting tired of the rotating, I get why they have to do it for these events to work. I miss the way it works in person, which is an understandable thing to say, I feel. Yes, absolutely. That said, it does give a nice opportunity for people to take breaks if they deem an hour is not that important for them personally. I know for our group collectively, the jungle hour was not very compelling, so we knew that Hey, that's when we're going to take lunch. We'll go, we'll go take an hour. We'll play passively, eat some food. And so that actually worked out pretty well. And overall, just the spawns were good it, with a couple of exceptions. I'm looking at you, Cacnea. <laughs> we're taking a long, hard collective look at Cacnea. <laughs> also vanilla. That felt so weird. And it was rare enough that you were like, every time, you're like, what are you doing here? And it, like, and it was in cave hour, which, as Chris mentioned, was like the preferred hour to be in. Mm-hmm. It's just then you see one and then also Zubat because you can't avoid that in the cave. It's like, totally no, fine with that, by the get, way. Get out of here. Get out no, of here. You no, got that, one shiny already. You don't Shiny Zubat's great. Yeah, but I don't like catching Zubats. So. Oh, that's because you're bad at throwing. No, it's just not fun. <laughs> okay, fine. I will, I will concede your point. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about day one, Chris? I had a great, great time. And I think my my biggest takeaway, I'm not going to go ahead and just echo everything you said. Suffice to say, I feel the same way you do. Jungle Hour was our downtime. Cave Hour was really hype. All that sort of stuff. Thin Light was strange. Uh, it was really great. And I think the rotating habitats don't bother me as much, but I would definitely probably get tired of it in like one or two more events. I think if we go back to a normal go festy sort of thing in person with in-person habitats where you can target based on location instead of time, uh, I think that rotating habitats will have stayed a comfortable amount of time and not overstate their welcome at that point in time, too. I think the people that will get sick of it are getting sick of it. I think the people that don't care are far enough away and are okay with moving on back to what we were before. Um, but to me, day one really represents the core Pokemon Go experience, walking around, having your incense, having people around, shiny hunting, the hype about it, that sort of thing. Hatching um, eggs. Oh my God, dude. I just, I was in heaven. I would not <laughs> shut up about my eggs hatching all the time. <laughs> I hatched. I didn't count, but I hatched almost no eggs this weekend. I, I put all of I put your some, eggs. <laughs> yeah, Chris hatched all of my eggs just for himself. <laughs> I put some eggs in incubators here or there as it was going, but I got so many 2Ks and so many 5Ks that I wasn't going to throw everything into incubators because it just didn't – I wasn't interested. Yeah. I'd rather just keep catching. 
The 7K pool was compelling, but I was having a problem where like I didn't have a clear enough bag to do it ever. Yeah, that was that's a big one is like you don't you have to set yourself up to be able to open, you know, 10 or 12 gifts to get nine eggs. Right. And that's an empty bag. And that's a lot of time spent when I'd rather just be catching. Right. For sure. Um, We walked what, like 11 miles the first day and like six miles the second or five miles a second, something like that. Yeah, something in that ballpark. I think my adventure sink got almost 30 kilometers in the first day. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. And almost 40 for the whole event. So yeah, I broke 50 this week, which has been uh, it's been a long time. I was so close. 46. Oh, my man. Very, very close. Yeah. But yeah, day one quintessential Pokemon Go experience. I was very thrilled, very happy. It felt classic. Um, And of course, the friends made it even better. And the location was superb. Downtown Indianapolis. Very fun place. Great food. All that sort of stuff. All right. Now, what about day two? Now, to, to juxtapose this conversation in comparison to last year's GoFest, if you've been listening to us for over a year or under a year, I don't remember when that day was. Uh, but last year, we had a Team Go Rocket themed takeover event where they were at every stop. We had an extended research to go after them. We also had uh, trainers like tr- uh, to, to fight. There were like pseudo other trainers at stops to battle with and some of the spawns came back that were sort of exciting from day one it was a similar setup this time except instead of team go rocket takeover it was non-stop raids also in an hourly rotation that had quite a large pool around seven to nine legendary poke or seven or eight legendary pokemon uh per hour and the spawns also came back. The incense spawns were rather compelling day two as well. So, Kyle, what were your takeaways? What, what, how did you feel about day two? Let's not compare it to day one because that's not really fair. <laughs> yeah. So I'll start with the positive. The spawns were good. Like if you just wanted to sit there and catch, you had good choices. Yeah. You were getting sock and throw from your incense, which is, you know, the desirable ones there. Obviously, Chimeco and Odno were semi-common so you got that good stardust if you were walking you found shield on it was it was good but the problem is the rates and i have an overall very negative opinion about the second day (laughs) i I walked away exceptionally frustrated (laughs) yes yes you did I, i had a fantastic time because of the people that i was with because of the social experience that i got to have but just taking the game as itself was was so frustrating. The worst part is it's for reasons that always exist in the game. But when you then put the huge focus on doing raids, it comes to light like in a big way. And for me, it's threefold for this event in particular. Number one, too many different raids. On the surface, it seems like a great idea. And if you're semi-new to the game or you've only been playing for like a a couple years maybe, this was awesome because you could do one of each raid and be good. But if you've been playing for a while, you know what you want to get. You just couldn't get it. Or you couldn't get enough of it to care. XL grind is is a big deal right now. And maybe you wanted to grind some Giratina XL. You couldn't really do that. I probably did like seven total raids for giratina across the entire eight hour event which is slightly disappointing but on top of that 
is the lobby time. And we've we've talked about this forever. Everybody knows about this one. But when you're trying to do a lot of raids, it hurts. But it's tolerable in the grand scheme of things because the worst part is catching the legendary for me. Yes. Catching takes a long time. The legendaries have base uh, 2% catch rates. So with a perfect setup, it's only a 15% chance to catch it. 15.2 or something like that. Anyways, it could happen on the first ball. It could happen on the 18th. And when you're doing it in a group, you're going to have somebody who does both of those. Yep. Which means you have to wait for the 18th before you can all lobby into a new one or you run from the legendary. And I will say I ran from more legendaries than I care to admit because I wanted to do more raids and I knew it wasn't a hundo. And you just you can you combine all of those on top of the fact that you can't really be catching while you're doing all of this unless you're using a plus, And even then, it's not really that great. Makes for a lackluster experience. Yeah, uh, I would say that there was it was definitely a much uh, hmm, uh, not heavier and not like there was baggage. It was just like a a difficult, much more difficult experience. Like all the things were there to enjoy, but it just was for all the reasons that Kyle outlined and a few others. It was difficult to enjoy because it seemed chaotic and being there with a group made it so that you can do a couple of things we wanted to do, like do all these different raids together Um, to to kind of build off of what Kyle was saying besides the lobby times, which are prohibitive. And we've talked about that before. That was no surprise. The catch rate in particular is one thing that made me incredibly upset and frustrated, especially towards the end of the day. Kyle was there for that Zekrom in particular that broke (laughs) my spirit. I was doing golden raspberries, ultra ball, excellent curveball throws every single throw. And if I have 18 balls from a best friend bonus and a couple of other things, I don't care what the base rate is. In my mind, that should never happen. Yeah. You should never have a, a legendary Pokemon run from you if you've done the best that you can. I understand probability. I understand statistics. But if we're going to do things where if we are going to reward skillful throwing for excellent throws in order to get more experience, I think it's time that we really mega boost the catch rate on things like legendaries for the same reason to to really emphasize and to promote and to reward skilled gameplay because the only real skill that you can have in this in this game outside of pvp and that entire sphere but like the main mechanic that you can practice and get quote unquote good at is throwing the balls (laughs) you know yeah yeah it doesn't take anything to cycle through your berries and choose a golden one or a regular one but throwing the ball, timing it, using the tips and tricks that you can, circle setting, stuff like that, I, I felt a little bit robbed a couple of times. And, and there were several times like Reshiram and Zekrom were really popular in our group in particular. People were really thrilled about them. And for good reason. They're very good Pokemon. But I was adverse to doing them. And most of the time I was just like, nah, dude, I'm going to do three dino instead. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I was like, you're crazy, you know, and sure, maybe I kind of was. I don't know if I came out net better or worse for that. 27k with a lucky egg on for a dino versus 40k for a legendary but i got two or three of them done you know what i mean yeah and i would join the dino lobbies there'd be 30 seconds left in the lobby because people were always in there you didn't have to worry about getting enough it was two or three people it doesn't matter that raid was done in 15 seconds anyway and i got one shiny dino and that was great but i did like 15 dinos this weekend dino raids you know like 
I don't know. It just seemed a little bit backwards to me with the way that the game was pushing me in order to feel good about the day. And it all came down to mechanics around rating, not the Pokemon, not the availability. There were too many options for sure, but the mechanic of rating itself. I definitely agree. And as the day went on and I got more frustrated with the experience, I started doing a lot more dinos Galarian Zigzagoons and Ponytas, mm-hmm. although there weren't very many Ponytas in that rotation, which is not that big a deal. Oh, I feel like I didn't see many Zigzagoon. I saw a lot of Ponyta. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe I was just looking for them, I guess, but like maybe I needed to get another one. But it was just so much better. Load in. I don't care about the two minute wait if I start the lobby myself. Tap for a few seconds, catch it on the first or the second ball, move on. Yeah. Just the catching of the legendary, which you can do good at. You can improve, as Chris said, and you know sometimes RNG is going to bite you, but you can have a good success rate. It still takes a long time. I'm talking if you're not doing – if you don't have the greatest luck, it can take you six or seven minutes to catch a legendary. Yep. Because you're setting the circle. You wait for it to attack, and then you go, and then you have to wait for your animation. It breaks out. Do it again. That's 10 to 15 seconds minimum for a catch. And it just, it adds up every single time. It does. And we were having really interesting conversations because the people that we went with, with, which first of all, shout out to our amazing group that we went with Legendary Mood, DeFi 250, Team Magma Tyler, a Broncosaurus, our very own Mitch Super Player, <laughs> Streamer Supreme, Resident, no, Resident Super Player, uh, Cooks Gravy, right? The conversations that we were having were kind of like they could have gotten more money out of us if the lobbies were shorter, if it was easier to catch. So it seems like in their best interest to to bring or at least for the event, make that experience a little bit quicker. But that being said, people that are in rural situations that only have three or four gyms to their name probably had the best experience because that matches up more to the lobby time, the the turnover for the, the raids being spawning, being able to target, right? Like we had, we felt overwhelmed because we had tons and tons, 12 gyms at any given time, wherever we're standing to choose from. So I, I, I wonder if they did that on purpose or not. It seemed like it was too overwhelming in a big city, but I could see definitely a small park. This would have been perfect. Yeah, it's it's the weird catch twenty two. We didn't mention it, but it was five minute hatch timers or something like that, and yeah. twenty minute eggs, twenty minute legendaries, and that's fast when you consider how long it takes to do a legendary raid. Right. You have three gyms at that speed. You can probably do all three of those gyms and then have new eggs hatch at the same time and not miss anything, but. When you're in a city which with 20 gyms near you and you see four Kyogre show up, I want to do all four of those. Exactly. Because I want to do Kyogre. That's what I wanted to do for that hour. That's why and we I put get ourselves do, in a city too. Yeah. And I do two of them. I catch both of them because I want the XL candy and neither of them are shiny. And then when I get out of that scenario, all of the eggs have changed and now I don't have any Kyogre near me. And I have to choose something I don't want to actually do to pass the next 10 minutes before more raids show up. See Reggie Ice. Oh, God. <laughs> Kiram. I would rather do a Reg Ice than Kiram. 
Yeah, several people were sent Kirim invites from other friends, and they're like, ah, oh, you know better. I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. But but I should say, we're, we're just pointing this out because we were being very critical of it because, well, we were really tired. We went so hard the first day. I wonder if our spirits and outlook on day two would have been a little bit more net positive if we weren't as tired and exhausted. I mean, I think the fundamental issues would have still been present, but I think our our perspective of it might have been from a more positive place. I just would have rather it been a raid hour of some sort instead. Sure. I would have been far more satisfied if it had been four to six legendaries for eight hours. Even if I don't really care about one of them, I probably care about something else and I should always have that option. Having, I agree. I agree. Having twenty eight legendaries, something in in that ballpark, was just it felt very overwhelming. And it was. It certainly was overwhelming. Um, we probably could have done without the theory and forms. We probably could have done without the Reggies, uh, and that probably would have done it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, honestly, that that take away those six, and you probably could have had a much tighter experience. Mm. May, maybe take away the Swords of Justice. Nobody really needs those. Yeah, but yeah. they do have shinies, so it's like. But but the theory and forms in particular, because they didn't have shinies, and we just had them. Yeah, yeah. Did exactly no. two of them. One tornadoes. One thunderous because people in our group needed him for dex filler and that was it. Yep. Yeah. That's another thing though too is that we had eight people in our group uh, running around and stuff like that, and we had lots of friends that were unable to make it that we wanted to include, and the remote cap of ten was incredibly prohibitive as well. We had to be very strategic about our invites or find other solutions for them, so that was kind of a bummer. This is definitely Pokemon Go first world problem situation. You know, we had, oh, we had too many friends. Oh, no, we had too many raids. <laughs> you know, I understand we're definitely sounding like we're coming from a, a point where we're whining. But but these are the sorts of things. I mean, we're, we're, we're supposed to be the players that Niantic is is positioning for because we're the ones spending money. Right. If that's yeah. the way that they're going. So I appreciate that it was better for rural players. I just don't believe that that was the intent necessarily. I'd love to hear from more rural players though and if Me they too. thought the rating experience was positive and how it compared to stuff in the past oh yeah yeah and i again i should say that while kyle and i are being very critical about day two we loved day one and day two was still a positive experience i walked away with you know tons of pokemon my plus was going i walked a lot we laughed all day i didn't get sun poisoning just a little bit of sunburn and it was it was wonderful. And I saw on social other people just so jubilant, so happy. Everybody was thrilled with GoFest this year. It was cheaper at $5. The raid day was great for new and older players. If you were in a city, you had too many options. If you were rural, it felt ba- balanced. Day one was universally great. No big issues. We're not having a makeup event because nobody got the ball dropped on them at yeah, all. Yeah. You know, like... It, this year was really, really, really good. So, yeah, just <laughs> just to kind of round the edges, we we sort of sharpened there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think another great thing to say is that I think a lot of the issue with day two that I had would have not been there if it wasn't day two of GoFest. Right. I'm still 
in the mindset of GoFest, I got to do it. I'm here. I, I've put in all this investment. We've we've made a trip because we wanted to be with a bunch of friends. So I want to experience everything. If this had been another event weekend and I just you know driven an hour to hang out with Chris, I probably would have been really chill about it and not cared as much. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, it was great. And we would love to hear feedback from everybody about how your GoFest experience went. We got several great responses to the Poke poll last week, which is pretty much the same and lots of emails this week. So we'll go through those and we'll hear some more, but uh, please feel free to write in with your GoFest experience and tell us how it was for you. I would say probably a B plus or an A minus for me this year. Probably an A minus. I would say an A minus. I would probably go for the B plus. I, okay. I think I think that day one is an A plus and day two was like like a C. Oh wow. Okay. I think A uh, A plus for day one and probably a B plus for day two. So that's why I'm saying A minus. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. But okay, let's move on. We got some other news articles here. Uh, the first one is Ultra Unlock Part 1 and 2 details and like oh, for real boy. this time. Not that they're just happening, oh, but what that actually means. <laughs> <laughs> Trainers, incredible work completing all 24 challenges in the Global Challenge Arena during Pokemon Go Fest 2021. As is tradition with Pokemon Go Fest events, we're excited to unveil more details on this year's Ultra Unlock bonus events. As you know, the mythical Pokemon Hoopa appeared during Pokemon Go Fest just the other day. Hoopa seemed intent on causing mischief and summoned all kinds of legendary Pokemon to raids. This mischief is continuing even now, and it seems the legendary Pokemon Dialga and Palkia will be summoned to raids next. Keep an eye on how time and space are distorted by the appearance of each of these legendary Pokemon. There's still no sign of Hoopa reappearing, but we'll continue to monitor the situation. For now, read on to learn about what awaits you in parts one and two of this year's Ultra Unlock. So, part one, time. The flow of time has been disrupted. Diag will be appearing in five-star raids, and Pokemon from various eras will be appearing more often. Look forward to encountering formerly fossilized Pokemon, like Kranidos and Shieldon. If you're lucky, you might even encounter a shiny Kranidos or a shiny Shieldon. Kyle, aren't you happy? Uh, this is what uh, you wanted you asked for this i mean yes i did i'm i, I can't be happy until i see spawn <laughs> rates if it's like daromaka <laughs> i am middle of the road i'm okay, okay. I'm okay. i thought you were definitely gonna go the not like this route no. <laughs> uh when is the part one happening from friday july 23rd at 10 a.m to tuesday august 3rd at 8 p.m local time features include the following Pokemon will be appearing in raids uh, from Friday, July 23rd at 10 a.m. to Friday, August 6th at 10 a.m. local time. So three days longer than the event itself. Dialga will be appearing in five-star raids. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Dialga. That's the shiny Dialga release. This is kind of a big deal, but we're waiting for it. Magneton, Aerodactyl, Porygon 2, and Golurk will be appearing in three-star raids. Those of you that need to hunt that Aerodactyl for their Mew quest... Uh, or for the shiny, now is your opportunity in three stars. That's nice. Unknown you, Kranidos, Shield on Bronzor, and Clink will be appearing in one star raids, making this kind of a banger of a tier one raid pool. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny unknown you. 
So that means everything in that pool will be shiny in this event. And that is really hype. Kyle in particular sent me a message. I can't believe they actually put shiny unknown you in tier one raids. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. It's insane. Uh, the following Pokemon will be appearing more frequently in the wild. Voltorb, Porygon, Omanyte, Kabuto, Baltoid, Kranidos, Shieldon, and more. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Kranidos or a shiny Shieldon, as mentioned earlier. The following Pokemon will be hatching from seven kilometer eggs. The return of the fossil pool. Omanyte, Kabuto, Aerodactyl, Lilip, Anorith, Kranidos, and Shieldon. Leave oh me with God. just one important question. Kyle, are you going to hatch as many seven kilometer eggs as you did last time? Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. I'm, I am like trainer tips, a glutton for punishment when it comes to putting the one thing I want in the eggs. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, complete time to research for a chance to earn encounters with certain event themed Pokemon. This time to research will be available from Friday, July 23rd at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, August 3rd at 8 p.m. local time. That's the the length of the event, uh, basically local time. There will also be themed field research available at Pokestops throughout the event. That, that's pretty par for the course. Part one. Yay, nay. Kind of universally a yay, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just good. Yeah. Although the spawn pool of Pokemon is garbage, except for the Shield On and Kranidos. Oh, so. I disagree. Baltoy is a fun one. And um, fossils in general for people that don't have uh, evolutions for Omen or Kabuto, like this is good for them. Um, I, probably could do without Voltorb. Porygon's kind of a rare spawn. I actually need the Porygon, as funny as that sounds. That from, is funny. <laughs> from last community day, last December, I got the the one dollar research but i never finished it oh well and here so you go it need, i need to catch 15 for there you go this is your opportunity um, uh, yeah thumbs up thumbs I, way way up i am i am going to spend so many poker coins for this event i am <laughs> i oh my god excellent so many raids so many well, eggs we'll have to compare our hatch totals by the end of the event i'm very <laughs> excited but let's move on to ultra unlock part two space space it appears space will be distorted as well causing pokemon from various places to appear where they usually don't look forward to seeing palkia appearing in five star raids heat and durant appearing in the wild by the way those both can be shiny and more Heracross will also be appearing globally for the first time in three-star raids. This is important, <laughs> but not as important as this. If you're lucky, you might even encounter a shiny Heracross. It is a good looking shiny. I'm it so is. excited to hunt for this. So excited. But Heracross is a regional. So for it to be available globally in three-star raids, that is setting an interesting precedent. And I hope that they, le that they lean into this more, especially with some of the older uh regionals in the game i i also definitely didn't just trade a shiny for a heracross just to get my platinum johto badge so i knew this was going to happen before it happened thank you for your sacrifice you made this possible <laughs> <laughs> when is this happening from friday august 6th at 10 a.m to tuesday august 17th at 8 p.m local time features include the following pokemon will be appearing in raids from friday august 6th at 10 a.m to friday august 20th at 10 a.m local time Palkia will be in five-star raids, and it will also be shiny. This is very hype. Alakazam, Kangaskhan, and Heracross will be appearing in three-star raids, so Kangaskhan will also be available. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny Kangaskhan or a shiny Heracross. 
Shoney Kangaskhan has actually already been out. Terror Cross is the new one. Like, grab those two regionals while you can. Kangaskhan, I believe, is available only in Australia otherwise. Um, unknown you, West Sea and East Sea Shellos, that is to say, both the pink and the blue versions. Uh, LGM and Esper will be appearing in one star raids. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny unknown you. It's the same shiny unknown as the part one. So there you go. Another opportunity or more of an opportunity, I suppose. The following Pokemon will be appearing more frequently in the wild. Here's for you, Cameron Clefairy. <laughs> mana red striped and blue striped basculin so those have been kind of not in the pool kyle and i were just talking about this the other day now's a good time to grab both of those heat more and durant heat more and durant are hemispherical spawns and they both have shinies out so uh, get the hunting in while you can the following regional exclusive pokemon will be hatching from seven kilometer eggs it's kind of the same thing west sea and easy shallows both of the basculin heat more in durant kind of a less exciting 7k pool but <laughs> might still be worth it for some people that are really trying to hunt for those the sh- i mean the shinies there are the only ones that are shiner heat more in durant the basculine are not neither of the shallows so uh, there you go complete time to research to earn encounters with certain event themed pokemon this time to research will be available during the event duration and there will also be field research available at pokestops throughout the event uh, so part two, yay, nay, thumbs up, thumbs down. Eh, meh. Okay. I, I don't really care about part two. I'm going to do unknown raids probably for the duration of part two. <laughs> yeah, I think part one was more compelling. There was lots of things to go hard for, including an egg pool, which was good. So, so much so that you were thrilled to do it. Um, but part two, I think you can really kind of knock it down to three things. One, unknown you and one star raids with the shiny released. Heracross in three stars with a shiny released and Palkia in five stars with a shiny released. And that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange because it's it's kind of got this regional focus. But yeah. the problem is half of the regionals that they're focusing on give you the deck entry regardless of which region you catch. Yeah, if you catch a Shellos, you get the Shellos entry. So owning a pink and a blue one is only because you want to be the completionist about it, not like catching hair across will complete your Pokedex, which is the point of a Pokemon game. So this does serve that main purpose, but it, it just doesn't make it as, as compelling for sure as, as a, as a gap. I, I think they should have released shiny shallows or shiny Basculin with this part. And that's then this would feel like on par with part one, at least I think, more. I think that I, I agree. I think that would have been good. Shiny Basculin because Basculin can't even evolve, make, like give it give it something that people yeah. want to keep catching them. I'm not going to click on any Basculin, pretty much. No, I, I already need to. I have four of each already, so I don't need to do it. I mean, you don't need a good IV when they're not good for anything, really. And I have four of each just for trading if I need to, and that's probably too many. I probably only need three or two of each. Not even after this event, everybody's going to have them. Yep. Right. So whatever. Um, and then part three, we still have no details, but just to remind you, it's going to run from August 20th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, August 31st, at 8 p.m. local time. Uh, thanks again to all the trainers who participated in this global challenge. Let's enjoy these bonuses and look forward to next year's Pokemon Go Fest and all the adventures in between. Uh, speaking of adventures in between, we have one more news article, which is uh, quite the adventure. <sighs> <laughs> do you feel like you're on a hamster wheel yet kyle <laughs> I, sometimes sometimes pokemon go makes me feel like that well this is exciting for lots of people and very not exciting <laughs> for it? the rest of everybody else i think 
I think I'm going to be hype about this because I am. And I know Kyle is probably not. Be quiet over here. You're being hyped about it. Okay, read it. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I can't wait. Trainers, we're excited to announce. By the way, this is August Community Day. We're excited to announce that Eevee, the evolution Pokemon, (laughs) will be featured during August Community event, which will span two days instead of just one. And that's not all. When you evolve Eevee into any of its evolutions, they spelled evolutions wrong from Friday, (laughs) August 13th at 10 a.m. to Monday, August 16th at 10 a.m. PDT. That Pokemon will know a special attack during this time. Evolving Eevee into Sylveon will also require fewer hearts than usual. In celebration of Eevee Community Day, stickers inspired by Eevee and its evolutions will be available throughout August. You can get stickers inspired by Eevee by spinning Pokestops, opening gifts, and purchasing them in the in-game shop. While stickers inspired by Eevee's evolutions will be available exclusively from the shop. So, features and bonuses available throughout the weekend. This is outside of the actual two days. This is the entire weekend. The following bonuses will be active from Friday, August 13th at 10 a.m. to Monday, August 16th at 10 a.m. PDT. When you evolve Eevee into any of its evolutions, that Pokemon will know a special attack. Vaporeon will know Scald. Jolteon will know Zap Cannon, which is an Electric-type move. That one makes no sense to me. Most of these make sense to me. That one doesn't. Flareon will know Superpower, which is a Fighting-type move. Espeon will know Shadow Ball, which is a Ghost-type move. Umbreon will know Psychic, a Psychic-type move. Uh, Leafeon will know Bullet Seed. That's the other one that doesn't make sense to me. And Glaceon will know Water Pulse. And Sylveon will know Psyshock. Now, we're not going to have a gear up this week, so let's take a second, because this is kind of what we were thinking about talking about, or Kyle was thinking about talking about. Let's just talk about these really, really quick. Uh, Vaporeon learns Scald, which is a water-type move. It can inflict burn in the main series games, but that doesn't help us here. Jolteon learns Zap Cannon. Zap Cannon is just not a good move, unfortunately. It's a thing that you TM off of your Zapdos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scald is also numerically not a, a very good move either. So oh, it's, it's, is it? Yeah, well, at least when I checked real quick in comparison to what it currently has, which is Aqua Tail or Hydro Pump, I think. Uh, it's bummer. just not. It's not good. Flareon learns Superpower, the fighting time move, which is good if you're going against Rock-type Pokemon against Flareon. That makes sense to me. Espeon learning Shadow Ball means that if it's going on a Psychic on Psychic matchup, that makes sense. That's pretty much the only matchup where it makes sense. Umbreon for Psychic, I guess. I guess. No, it's it's bad. (laughs) Like, in, in every single scenario, you'd rather have Last Resort. But but psychic is not a bad other move, except that it doesn't charge except, up very fast. Dark pulse is probably better. And dark pulse gets stabbed. Yeah, right. Exactly. Leafeon bullet seed. Bullet seed is a, is a fast charging. It's a, it's a good move. That's fine. I get it. But it's just grass. Doesn't really do much for it. Glaceon getting water pulse. I get that one. It makes sense against you know rock types that might be trying to fight Glaceon. I suppose. It. That's it. <laughs> Um, and Sylveon getting Psy Shock, it's good against poison types, trying to get at Sylveon's weakness to poison, I suppose. But I just don't understand why each of these didn't get something like Sylveon's move or like Flareon's move, where it kind of makes sense. I I just, I mean, Umbreon does get that technically. It's psychic to be super fighting. effective against fighting types yeah. that it fights but that doesn't really matter 
It because, takes too long for it to charge up. And Umbreon is so tanky that it would probably be better with the neutral damage of Last Resort anyways. More than likely. That said, a cursory look at checking through PV Poke and simming some of these moves. We all know that only Umbreon is used in PvP, really. The rest have, <laughs> have no use. Like, sure. like, they're, like, I'm talking rank 500 or 600 in Great League. Really bad. And Umbreon is just worse with Psychic. And the only ones that get stabbed from their moves are Leafeon and Jolteon. And Vaporeon, but we've already talked about how bad Zap, uh, Scald is. And we also already talked about how bad Zap Cannon is. Bullet Seed is alright, though. Yeah, Bullet Seed's okay, but it already knows Razor Leaf, which is okay for PvE. Like, it's not... Razor Leaf is bad, depending on what you're looking at in PvP, but it's passable in raids. I'm also going to say, if you're interested in the Espeon with Shadow Ball, please just use an Elite TM on your Mewtwo. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree. But also... Espeon with Shadow Ball is just like a, just a mini Shadow Ball Mewtwo. Yeah, and Espeon itself is already just discount Mewtwo anyways. It's like the free-to-play or easy-to-obtain, I should say, psychic type. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Espeon's up there, though. It's it's good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's it's the, like, if you need filler and stuff budget. that you, you have, it's a good budget option. It's, it's just kind of strange because it's very clear that all of these are kind of trying to lean towards PvP, but they picked a bad family for it. <laughs> they did. I think... I'm going to say this right now. I haven't talked to anybody about this yet. Obviously people would have rather just seen a repeat of last resort because last resort is actually useful on at least one of them. Now I wonder if they're going to do like an Eevee cup or something where it's Eevee and the evolutions. This would be very fun to kind of see. I bet within its own microcosm, the dynamics are rather interesting. I mean, I feel like it would be, be Umbreon dominate everything as long as it doesn't get mashed up against a Flareon with superpower. But uh, it it. does have an answer. I think pretty much everything on here has an answer to something else. Um, So I don't know. I guess we'll have to see how it sort of shakes out. But a cursory look, like Kyle was saying, a PV poke makes it look like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's, it's, It's a weird one. I'd love to hear people who know more of the intricacies of PvP tell me that something is good here. Yeah, but my gut feeling and initial reaction is no, but I'm excited for, to get them as collector items. This will be kind of cool. Anyway, Eevee caught or hatched during this time will know last resort, which is actually it's, the move that you want. It's just, Evolving, so, it's just, it's just <laughs> insulting because it won't keep it won't keep it. So I know that's a bummer. <laughs> Evolving Eevee into Sylveon will require only seven hearts instead of the usual 70. So now's a good time to get your second one after Kira. There will be special timed research available that will reward a mossy lure module and a glacial lure module. That's good. We haven't had those on offer for a while in a research. There will be a special one-time purchase community day box available for 1280 Poco coins featuring 50 Ultra Balls, 5 Incense, an Elite Fast TM, and an Elite Charge TM. Uh, you could use that Elite Charge TM to teach your then-evolved uh, <laughs> evolution last resort, I suppose. And here are the features and bonuses available during the community day hours themselves. The following features and bonuses will be available on Saturday, August 14th. 
and Sunday, August 15th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time on each day. Eevee will be appearing in the wild. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny one. This is not a new shiny for those of you that are new to the game. Take a few snapshots during community for a surprise. It's Eevee. For US $1 or the equivalent pricing tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Eevee Community Day exclusive special research story, Who You Choose to Be. Very wholesome name. Stay tuned for when tickets uh, go live. Tickets are not refundable, etc., etc. There's no metal with this research. Eggs will require one quarter of the usual hatch distance. Oh, I'm in. God. I'm in. Y- you know what? Yes, sir. Me too. Because is it during part one? It it does. Uh, no, part one's already over at that time. I'm out. It's got is the it terrible 7K egg. I'm out. Oh, I'm no. Out. <laughs> I'm still in. I'm still no, in. You got God. me, man. It's like instance activated during the event will last for three hours and lure modules activated during the event will last for three hours. Okay. Now, Kyle, I know. Let's just make this quick because we've been talking about this event a little bit and we kind of already gave some of our feedback. But uh, yay or nay on this event and give me at least one reason why. I mean, it's it's so much a nay. I almost don't want to take part okay and i'll tell i'll say why in in one second but also this did not need to be two days i know the first one was two days the first one was also when we only had three hour community days yes and getting seven shiny eevee for most people was a huge feat Mm -hmm. seven shiny eevee in six hours in one day is easy if you're playing for it, I just, it, it feels like they're only doing it because they have to mirror the other one. 12 hours of, of just Eevee. Are you crazy? What if somebody's only time to play is during the weekend? Literally all of their time now has been replaced by Eevees. <laughs> it's just like, I think, I think that's a sad perspective to take, even if there's a fair amount of truth in it, but I mean, I'm going to do the entire thing both days. I'm excited to to grab more shiny Eevee. And I think that it's two days because not everybody plays the entire time. And they want to give people a good shot at getting the opportunity to get all the shinies that they need in order to complete the family. Because it's kind of the underlying idea for a lot of community uh, days. I think that if they wanted to do that, they would give people more notice so that people could actually take the day off to play. This is pretty far in advance. This is like three weeks. Yeah, that's the bare minimum people need. And those schedules are posted to uh, yesterday, usually. Yeah, fair enough. So that said, I still think that six hours, if you can only play three of it, is enough time to get what most people need. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, but only, I guess- three, only three of the evolutions are RNG, which means the other four, other five, I'm sorry you can guarantee yourself to get yeah so it's not like you have to have 30 evs to gamble for all of them yeah i think that they they probably just did two days um it probably was a calculated risk because they knew people would be upset if they only did one they're like but last time was two days it's it's just too it's just too long i'm I'm, i already think six hour community days have been around too long but i think we're going to see them probably go away sooner than we think we will see i would expect an announcement. You mean like with several month lead times? Yeah, why well, I, I would expect a similar announcement 
as with the reduction of spin distance and stuff like that, because I don't know if they said it in as many words, but the time was lengthened so people could more enjoy an at-home experience through incense. With right. incense going away, the at-home experience will be garbage. Therefore, you don't need six hours of at-home garbage to, to make up for it. I guess so. I guess we'll kind of see. Maybe they will be having that um, that PvP cup or something like that. I hope that they do because oh, that's God. that's the sort of thing that makes sense to me. The Badoof Cup was fun, man. Did you do the Badoof Cup at all? No, absolutely not. Hey, man, I don't know. Something I don't even have a Badoof with all of the moves on them. Oh, I don't even have God. like the six Badoofs or whatever it was. It's only you only need three: Superpower, Shadow Ball, and Ice Beam. There, wasn't there a Thunderbolt? Maybe there was. Who knows? The, the, no, I don't have all three of them. It doesn't matter. All four. You just made an argument for four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you want you want to say three, so I'm saying I don't have. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, but but would you do an Eevee Cup if you knew about it? No, no, I absolutely wouldn't. It takes enough effort for me to do greatly, which I'm actually doing right now. So, <laughs> while we record, how dare you? No, <laughs> I would. I'm already bad enough at PvP that that would not work out very well for me. Well, Evie, just to kind of close on this, Evie is a fan favorite. I know that there are probably several, several, several people that are thrilled about this. I'm excited for them. I'm just jazzed to have two community days to play so I can go hard for two days. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to collect more shiny Evies and get one with each of the special moves because I am personally insane. Will you transfer any of your Evies? The shiny Evies? Yes. To home? Yeah, I definitely will. Oh, my. So it'll take me months. It will take me months. But here we go. (laughs) All right. uh, Look forward to that. If that's uh, if that's something for you to look forward to. And if not, get over yourself, Kyle. (laughs) All right. But let's move along here. We're going to skip gear up this week because we kind of did a little bit of a breakdown. Those EV moves in the middle of that new section there, which means that we're in the Pokalore. This week's Pokalore, we're going to be talking about our newest mythical edition. Meloetta, the Melanie Pokemon, but only like half of it. We only got one form. Did you know there was two forms? I didn't know. I'm learning today. I forgot this Pokemon existed until they featured it for GoFest. So like, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Meloetta is a Pokemon that has a femininely anthropomorphic figure with musical bar style streaks in its hair. Quarter notes for its arms and hands and pupilless eyes resembling whole notes. It has a jewel on its forehead and a black headpiece that seems to be shaped like a treble clef, which doubles as an attached microphone, such as one used by singers. Its ovular head seems to be one third of its body's height and about half of its height in width. In its aria form, which is the form that we caught, Meloetta has light blue eyes and flowing wavy hair with light blue ovals that resemble whole notes. In its pirouette form, it has auburn hair that seems to be stylized in a high bun and red eyes. In either form, its midriff and eyes match its hair. It is a gender unknown species. According to artists in Unova, Meloetta's beautiful music and dance inspired many works of art, music, and songs. This made the Pokemon popular among both musicians and dancers. Meloetta is able to change forms when it uses the move Relic Song, which changes its form from Aria form to its pirouette form, or vice versa. In its Aria form, Meloetta can sing beautiful songs, while in its pirouette form, Meloetta can perform graceful dances. In its Aria form, it is a dual-type normal psychic-type Pokemon, and in its pirouette form, it is a dual-type normal fighting-type Pokemon. 
It reverts to Aria form when switched out or when the battle ends. Like many other legendary and mythical Pokemon, Meloetta is capable of becoming invisible. Ooh. All right, here are the stats. And of course, again, highlighting this is just Aria form. Pirouette form actually has different stats than this. Max CP for the Meloetta that we all have at level 40 is 3972. And at level 50, it's 4490. 225 stamina, 225 defense, and 250 attack. That's a great stat spread. Best move set, Confusion Psy Shock. Unfortunately, a little underwhelming in the move set. Uh, but that's pretty much it. It's just kind of a fun Pokemon. It's a neat, it's a neat Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It, that that kind of sums it up. It's not really noteworthy otherwise kind of a surprise they did it as the feature when they had a couple of other options that seemed more obvious but mm. it does make for a neat theming around it yeah yeah one thing we didn't talk about go fest was that it was you know um music themed and we got to build a band and stuff like that and the and the costume pikachus were cool we got oh, cool we poses yeah we didn't even talk about the costume pikachus and the controversy around that no we didn't there's controversy oh yeah people are upset about what? About the fact that the way that the snapshots worked was not made clear. And some people didn't finish the research by the end of the first day so that when they finished it, they couldn't take their snapshot to get their extra Pikachu. Oh, man, you got to hustle and bustle if you want to get that stuff, you know? Yeah, well, the argument is that the event never actually made it clear that it had to be done during the time to get the extra ones. Yeah. So, there's a big old post on reddit about it oh my gosh i'm sure there was but what about those poses huh they're good they're really good yeah please just add more like that just add a ton more the fact that they can be animated now and they don't break the game i want them to make avatar customization super detailed i will be all for it yeah 100 i mean just for those at home uh kyle what did you get i got the rockstar and I did the pop star. I'm surprising course, nobody. And uh, it doesn't yeah. surprise anybody if you know us even a little bit. <laughs> but the pop star pose is so extra. I love it. It's but so the good. rock star pose is so much better. You're playing air guitar. It is really cool, but I wouldn't trade my pop star pose for the world, man. I just yeah, wouldn't. I, would. I just wouldn't. Um, but that's it for Pokalore, which means we're in Pokepole territory, Kyle. So last week's Pokepole was what is your goal for GoFest? Or what was your top memory from this year's GoFest, depending on when you listen or answer? First one's from at Gavintor. They said, one, get shiny hat ponyta and Zigzagoon. Two, get shiny dino from the wild. Won't raid for it. Three, get shiny Kyogre to complete my shiny weather trio. Well, I hope you had good luck with those goals. I believe both Chris and I got one shiny dino and they mm-hmm. were both from the wild, despite how many raids we did. So yep. don't feel bad about not doing the raids for it. <laughs> it doesn't really give you that much better a chance. Oh, we got good IVs though, right? Yeah. Yeah. My best one is still one that I traded for though. So for sure. Oh, we should also both note. Um, I caught like 880 Pokemon within the event hours. Kyle, you got like 850. You were suddenly really close. Yeah, like, like 950. But oh, that was like just the first day. I didn't count for the second day. Right, right. Um, neither of us got a hundo. Several yeah. people in our group did not get a hundo all week. Very surprising, especially with how many yeah. raids were done. Yeah, it was it was wild. 
Next one's from Cameron. She said, my top memory was finally meeting my friends that have pulled me through the last year and a half and exploring downtown Indy like the nerds we are. It's so true. Shout so out true. to Cameron. It was a good time. Next one's from our own DeFi. She said, top memory of GoFest was playing with friends, which really helped elevate the experience. The cheers when someone got a really hype shiny. Hashtag egg watch. Egg. And exploring a new city. We're all better playing with friends. Hashtag egg watch. We didn't even talk about egg watch. There we was didn't a, even talk about the egg watch. Just really quick. And we talked about this in our recaps. But in Maggie Daly Park in Chicago, there was a big egg and they projected some lights onto it. And there were four raids that happened. And there were trainers in Chicago that, that could do it. There were 38 raid lobbies. And they went through Mewtwo, Giratina, ah, uh, Dialga. And, and what was the last one? Rayquaza. Rayquaza. That's right. And they looked really cool. Although if you were watching the live stream, it was a little lackluster. It would have been freaking sweet in person, though. Yeah, it really would have been. It was very strange that they'd hyped up. Hey, watch it. Join in on the stream. I'm like, no, there wasn't a lot for us to do. It was kind of strange. I, can I watch this on like 10 times speed or something? <laughs> the timers were hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Thematically, really cool. Oh, if it yeah. could work into an in-person event, even though it doesn't really work during the day, it would be really cool. But it was a very strange choice to promote at the end of the day. It, it's it's like watching fireworks. In person, it inspires awe. And when you're watching a televised version of it, you're like, oh, that's cool. And you're kind of done in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But we still have more answers. Next one's from Bulbaseth. And they said, my top memory from this year's GoFest is falling in love with the game again. For the past few months, I've barely played it all, but the excitement surrounding GoFest has rejuvenated me and my spirit. I'm ready to get back to the grind. Yes, Seth. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Welcome back. Welcome back. Get out while you still can. (laughs) Next one's from Barry Cherry. And they said, my favorite memory will be meeting up with my very good friend who I haven't seen in well over a year and catching Pokemon together. We had a blast showing off our shiny catches, hitting some raids, and chatting about all things Pokemon. It was such a great experience for me as a newish player to have someone else to share the game with. I loved every minute of it, and we have plans to meet up again for August Community Day. I can't wait. May you catch many shiny Eevee for your August Community Day meetup. Yes! Good luck. Don't listen to this guy. Good luck. Honestly. (laughs) Next one's from Nick Bunce, and they said... I raid with my best mate and his six-year-old son on day two. After several hours of no shiny, we went to get lunch. Undeterred, the kid asked if we can do the Cabalion. We jump into the raid, and I see the Cabalion first. It's shiny. The kid is so excited, he looks at his phone to see what he got. What do you know? The kid sees a shiny on his screen, too. Now we're shiny Cabalion buddies. That'll easily be my favorite memory of this weekend. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Nothing quite like getting a shiny from the same raid together. Yeah. It's good. It's good. This week's poke poll is with GoFest behind us, have you implemented any new catches into your raid PvP or Team Go Rocket teams? Ugh. Let me let me tell you, I was going through my catches. Not great. No? Was, was, was not great. You didn't catch enough XL to really kind of uh, mm. elevate one of your Pokemon? No? No. I mean, of the Galarian Stunfisk, which is, would have been the most impactful for me. Yeah, I got like 12 XL the whole time, and that includes walking one the entire time. <laughs> oh, man. 
that was also poffined. So, <laughs> but I did catch a rank 78 XL shield on. So that's not bad. That's 78, great. 78 is pretty good. Yeah. So that's why partially I want to go hard for this event here. See how many XL I can actually get before I kill myself walking this thing when Stunfisk <laughs> is done. <laughs> Hydrate. <laughs> and I also got a like a 96% Mewtwo. It's like 15, 14, 14, 15, 15, 14, something like that, that I'll power up shortly because I also got 300 rare candy that I have to spend. Good deal. For me, it's just uh, I got lots of XL candy for Mewtwo and for Dino. I've, I've been sitting on a 100% Hydreigon that I have not been leveling up just because I didn't have the XL candy for it and why do that. Mm. So I'm actually walking it currently as my buddy, which is nice. Um, so once it gets to best buddy and after I'm satisfied with how much Stardust I've actually amassed, I will level that thing up as much as possible. And, uh, of course, a Mewtwo, because that's what I want to do. I think I got a 98% Mewtwo this weekend, actually, which is kind of nice. Man, I still just want a Hundo so bad. Just hasn't happened. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, close. So close. <laughs> yep. So close, yet so far. But if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question with GoFest behind us, have you implemented any new catches into your raid, PvP, or Team Go Rocket teams, you can send in an answer via voicemail at 262-586-7717. Just call and leave a voicemail and uh, we can play it on the show and react to the call in real time. It's very fun. And you can also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Or if you're a patron of ours, we have an entire Discord channel just dedicated to that question where you can post your answers and we pull from there rather frequently for the show. But before we do anything with emails, we're going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi-E, who are going to talk about Great League, the Great League remix, and the check-in about how that's been going, and their GoFest catches and some highlights in regards to PvP. So over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish and Ahita. And I'm DeFi-E250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that costs over 400 XL candy to max out. DeFi, what's going on in PvP right now? Well, Sylph is currently in its off season. So a lot of servers are doing fun little tournaments, some throwback tournaments, some silly tournaments, and some draft tournaments. You and I are both in the Beginner to Winner podcast server. Beginner to Winner being a really PvP-centric, fun little podcast. We were both guests on their show, and they are putting together a draft, and that draft is getting a little nutty fish. It's getting a little silly. There are 26 people in this draft tournament, and we've all made one ban, and now we're going through and making our picks, and there's going to be another ban round. Yeah, it's... I'm looking through... Obviously, the bans were really meta stuff, like Azumarill, Bastiodon, Sableye, you know, Stunfisk, but then... With 26 of those Pokemon banned, there are some obviously spicy picks being made. So someone picked Primeape as their first pick. Got Lickitung. We've got, check this out, Seelos91, who is my tournament manager in Ghost Stadium. He is in this tournament as well, and he's picked Sudowoodo. There's a Shadow Foratress here. It's it's getting weird. It's getting weird, and we're in the second round Which of picks. Which is great. So far, I have picked a Wigglytuff. For my first pick, and DeFi has picked Vigoroth. It is currently my turn, and they are waiting 
for me to pick. And DeFi, you're right after me. So I was thinking a good Pokemon to pair with Wigglytuff would be Melmetal because Wigglytuff's weaknesses are Steel and Poison and Melmetal is a Steel that can beat other Steels and obviously it double resists Poison. So I think that's going to be a pretty good option. What are you thinking? All right, so my pick is Vigoroth. Vigoroth being weak to fighters, so I want to find something that I can pair with it. My MVP in Sylph Season 3 was Gliscor, and that is currently on the table. So I am going to be looking at Gliscor as kind of my next pick. It's a good flyer. Night Slash, you get the boost. It's good. It's good stuff. (laughs) Um, Are we thinking Fury Cutter, Night Slash, Earthquake? Yeah, that's kind of your typical one. Aerial Ace is kind of a garbage move, but you could run Fury Cutter um, and then have Aerial Ace to get your flying type coverage along with Night Slash. That's another option. Or you could go Wing Attack for your flying coverage and then look at other charge moves. Glasgow's pretty versatile, so you could go Wing Attack, uh, Night Slash, Sand Tomb even uh, to lower defense, or you could go double ground, like Wing Attack, Sand Tomb, Earthquake, so lower their defense with the Sand Tomb and then just absolutely knock the bejesus out of them <laughs> with the Earthquake. For sure. So I am excited. If we're already at some of these oddball picks, I am excited to see where this is going to be in round six. <laughs> um, The next thing we have to talk about is the Sylph Arena Continentals. So just a really quick update. Uh, like we mentioned last week, the 2021 Continental Championships begins this weekend. While you're listening to this podcast, there are four different regions, Asia Pacific, North America, Europe, and Latin America. And those tournaments are taking place over July 24th and 25th. It's an all-out Swiss-style brawl. The top eight from each region are going to continue on to finals, finals being a double elimination tournament. And we will be keeping you posted as to the winners of those tournaments. Yeah, we'll be bringing you all the action from the sidelines, where we'll be (laughs) just watching in from outside. All right. Fish, I don't know if you noticed, but there was an event this last weekend. Faces pressed against the window looking longingly. (laughs) 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 Sorry, continue. (laughs) So now moving on to some of our quicker headlines. Fish, I don't know if you noticed, but there was an event in the game this weekend. Was it? I what what event is this? Um, just just a small event, just a small little yearly event called GoFest. GoFest. That's a weird name. Uh, it doesn't tell me anything about what it is. Like some kind of festival of Go. Sure, I get that, but like, why when they call it like cat, catchy, shiny, rady weekend? That that at least tells you what it does on the box. You can't see it, but I am just shaking my head in shame. Just wanted to let you all <laughs> listeners know. <laughs> Throwing a tomato at the bad joke. PvP highlights. Did you get any good catches? How did your weekend go, Fish? I did get a fair bit out of it. I managed to catch a rank 7 Bastiodon. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be the one I build next once I eventually have the XL candy. The raids, I didn't get as much as I would have liked out of them. So I did a whole bunch of raids looking for those Master League Pokemon since I'm now a a major Master League convert. (laughs) And uh, unfortunately, like, I barely got anything over two stars uh, with the IVs, so nothing I could use for Master League. Bomber. What about you? Did you get any better luck? 
I didn't have a whole lot of luck during raids specifically, but I had a lot of luck on those incense spawns. I caught so many Galarian Stunfisk and Sableye and Frillish and a ton of Pokemon that I am just targeting for XL Candy right now because I don't have a lot of XL Pokemon built, especially for Ultra League. So what I am doing since I played in Indianapolis, which is well over 100 kilometers away from my home, I can trade with people locally and get one guaranteed XL candy every time you make a trade for that Pokemon. So that is something I'm really excited for. I've got like 500 Pokemon I'm ready to trade. That's 500 XL candy. I just got to commit the time to do the trades. Yeah, that's I'm excited for you. I'm looking forward to that. Right now in Go Battle League, we have the Great League and the Great League Remix. How has that been going for you, Fish? It's definitely fun. I have been just messing around with different teams. I was using Nidoqueen, Jealous, and Abomasnow last week. I changed the Abomasnow to Obstagoon at one point, and that's been going really well. Obstagoon is so good for this cup. And since then i've also changed it around to like cast form double fighter and like i don't recommend that one don't use that one (laughs) but yeah it's it's been good what about you well i've been playing mostly open great league because you know me i love the gobbler squad altaria defense deoxys and lantern so i really really enjoy open great league however i did play a few sets with a team that we talked about last week which was the registeel Whiskash and Jellicent lineup. Um, ABB, you use Seal to make sure you take out any grass types that really threaten Jellicent and Whiskash. And yeah, I've been going positive with it and having a little bit of fun mixing it up, although I definitely, I love my open Great League. Yeah, of course. And so that leads us to our deep dive, which is the Ultra League remix, which will be coming very soon. It starts on July 26th and ends on Monday, August the 9th, 2021. And there are 20 Pokemon that have been banned, just like Great League. It is the 20 Pokemon most used by Battlers rank Ace and up. And DeFi, you made me read out the list last week of Great League Pokemon. It's your turn. you got to run through those Ultra League Pokemon that are banned. All right, everybody, listening carefully. Venusaur, Charizard, Clefable, Polyrath, Alolan, Muk, Gyarados, Lapras, Articuno, Umbreon, Caesar, Swampert, Registeel, Empoleon, Togekiss, Halted Form, Giratina, Cressalia, Escavalier, Talonflame, Melmetal, and Obstagoon. Defy you there? You, you cut out. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I got that all. Um. <laughs> so I something I really want, I'm interested in for this cup, and I'm really interested to hear what everybody who is listening thinks, the difference between the Great League and the Ultra League remix. In the Great League, a lot of the Pokemon for the remix that were banned were some of those XL Pokemon, like Bastiodon, like Azumarill. But in the Ultra League, a lot of the Pokemon that got banned were the really accessible Pokemon, some of the non-XLs that people really like to use. Also, some of the XL Pokemon that were banned were the really easily easy ones to get, ones like Umbreon, ones like Talonflame. Talonflame just had a community day. Eevees are spawn everywhere. But otherwise, they banned a lot of really easily attainable Pokemon, a lot of the starters. So I'm just finding that Ultra League Remix to be much less accessible than the Great League remixes. Which makes sense to me because that is why the Pokemon that were banned happened to be the most used Pokemon because the other Pokemon, like, no one's using because no one has them (laughs) and they're not as accessible. 
Well, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of like ultra, like some XLG Fisk mm-hmm. is going to be something we're going to see a lot of. Not me though, because I literally don't have any Pokemon that I have enough XL candy to <laughs> to build for PvP yet. Yeah, the only two XL Ultra League Pokemon that I have built, Talonflame and Umbreon, my two perfects, they're banned. So if I wanted to use XLs for this, I would have to build completely new Pokemon. So in order to kind of combat that, we want to show you and talk about some non-XL options, some Pokemon that are pretty accessible, or maybe you have them from the past, you can trade for them, but you don't need to XL them. You so the first one we wanted to look at was Lugia, which of course was one of the Pokemon you could raid in GoFest if you played. It got that buff to Dragon Tail, so it is a really solid option against other dragons, which, you know, a lot of the dragons are still in. Really the only dragon that was banned was Altered Form Giratina. So yeah, like Dragonite's still in play, Kingdra's still in play, so Dragon Tail from Lugia will be a very solid option. It beats XL Defense Deoxys, it crushes fighters, and it also beats Shadow Mewtwo if you encounter one of those. If you want to work out what to pair your Lugia with to make a good team, well, what's a week two? It's week to Dark, Ghost, uh, Rock, Ice Electric, it's got a lot of weaknesses, there's a few different Pokemon that can kind of cover different weaknesses that it has. So like Flygon will triple resist electric. Uh, it's going to resist rock, but uh, it is double weak to ice. So you've got to be careful of that. Obstagoon will beat the darks and triple resist ghost. So that's an option. And Machamp will take out like the rock Pokemon. So Fish just mentioned Flygon. Let's talk about Flygon. Flygon was a Community Day Pokemon. It was also heavily featured in GoFest. There were Trapinch everywhere. There were also the adorable Flygons with the hats. I really liked that one. So Flygon is definitely a Pokemon that you should have access to. And just like Lugia, Flygon really benefited from that Dragon Tail buff. It's Community Day move of Earth Power. It has really good consistency and power. And you can pair it with Dragon Claw for some bait play. Flygon wrecks XL Nidoqueen and also can beat XL G-Fisk. However, Flygon is ground dragon, so it's going to get wrecked by just a cool breeze. (laughs) Anything, any ice types, it has a massive problem with. So you need to pair it with something that can handle ice types for it. One option for that is Regirock. Regirock gets to Stone Edge so stupid stupidly fast with lock on and hopefully you've had some opportunities to raid for regirock recently or you can trade for one to get some really good pvp ivs the next pokemon is snorlax which you might have a snorlax built it is a very very good safe switch because not only does it only have one weakness in fighting but it just deals very consistent neutral damage with lick it's got some great options for charge moves body slam is the obvious one but then you can switch it up with like superpower or outrage or earthquake as your second move it actually beats xl galarian stunfisk because of the superpower that will take out massive chunks of it and then that lick damage that can kind of finish it off over time it also just beats all the ghosts because it double resists the ghost damage and also does super effective 
damage back. And if you want to find something to pair it with, obviously its only weakness, like I said, is fighting. So something like Lugia, which double resists fighting and has that sky attack and aeroblast to to hit back with, that's going to be a good option for you. So don't sleep on Snorlax or Snorlax will sleep on you. I'm not going to throw a tomato at you. That pretty good. That was a solid move. Oh, sweet. So next up, a really great Ultra League Pokemon. Kyle is going to love this one. Gengar did not catch that top 20 most used, which is surprising. Gengar is so good in Ultra League. It is a ghost that beats all the other ghosts pretty much just from sheer firepower. It is so attack-weighted. However... It is a the definition of a glass cannon. You need to save shields for it. Even in the Ultra League with that added bulk, it cannot take a punch. Speaking of punches, Gengar needs to watch out for Dark-type Pokemon. So something you could pair with Gengar to make a really good team would be a fighter that can take care of the Dark-types. So pretty much any fighter available in the Ultra League, and there's quite a few of them available. Um, For example, Scrafty, which is XL, Machamp, the OG fighter. There's also a ton of other ones like Lucario and Heracross. Lots of really good picks there. Uh, One thing I will actually add to that is that uh, even though Ghost is super effective against Psychic, Gengar's poison typing makes it very difficult to deal with confusion. So if you're going to pair Gengar with your fighter, just take note that a confusion user like maybe Gallade is going to be a decent core breaker to that. The final one I want to mention is Armored Mewtwo, which I think just doesn't get as much play as it deserves. I think it's such a good Pokemon. It's so bulky and it's got some great moves like Rock Slide, Dynamic Punch, and of course... Psy Strike, the legacy move, the OP legacy move, like that is a good combination of moves and confusion as well for the fast move. It will destroy fighters and obviously needs to watch out for the ghosts. But like I mentioned, you know, Gengar being one of the ghosts has to watch out for confusion itself. So it even has play against them. If you want to pair it with something, obviously Dark will be super effective against Mewtwo and Ghost will be super effective. So I'm thinking Obstagoon, triple resist Ghost, resist Dark while dealing super effective damage. Uh, But, you know, even then, Armored Mewtwo does have play against the Darks because of that dynamic punch as well. So you've really got some solid options there. You know, I'm starting to sell myself on that (laughs) combination. I think I might build an Obstagoon Armored Mewtwo core and play with that. So I hope that all of these Pokemon are options for you that you can possibly use in the Ultra League Remix. And I really hope that this deep dive helped you out and to get you prepared for this next Go Battle League meta. Before we close out the show, though, Fish, I have a little bit of a surprise for you. You got some fan mail. Okay, I was wondering what that was because you just had in the notes here, surprise for Fish. So we got a really awesome email into the GoCast podcast that Chris forwarded our way. It is from Kiwi, K-E-E-E-V-Y, um, and I'm going to read it for you, Fish, right now. Okay. So it says, Hey, team. Somewhat of a new listener to your podcast, been listening for a couple months now. Depending on when I get a chance to listen, you guys keep me company on my peaceful Sunday stroll or on my Tuesday spotlight grind. 
I find myself with a dumb grin on my face at worst or just actually laughing by myself in public at best. Email is somewhat specific to fish. Just trying to get a couple last minute raids in on day two of GoFest. And who do I bump into in the raid lobby? The one and only fish on a heater. My friends and I who listen to the pod were elated to see you in the lobby. We were going to race down to the gym I had remoted into to see if we could say hello, then realize you remoted in too. Kind of disappointed, but still really cool to see you somewhat IRL. Took a couple screenshots, me trying to be cool with my rockstar pose onto the right of you while you get in the last strike. I got hardest hitter. Thank you for doing what you do. Keep up the great work. Kiwi. P.S. Fish, if you're from Adelaide, hit us up if you want to hang for a coffee or a bevy, which I'm assuming means beverage in Australian. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's strain. It's the, the local, the native Australian language. All right. And Fish, I'm going to send you over uh, the screenshots and the email now. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I've got Kiwi and, Ethan Niller on either side of me, both doing the, the, the rock star guitar pose. And it would have been cool. Cause like I have changed my avatar to that pose as well. So it would have been cool to see all three of us in a row, all air guitaring. Uh, I wish I knew what it was that we were rating at the time. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I super appreciate that, that email. I would be happy to, to keep chatting. If you want to Maybe uh, hit me up in Discord. We, I am from Adelaide, so uh, we can meet up for some some raids and stuff. If you want, just head to the link in the show notes, and you know you'll find the Discord server link there. And uh, yeah, happy happy to catch up and chat. All right. And with that, speaking of the show notes, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish and myself, you can always email your feedback, just like Kiwi did, to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But in the show description, you can click on more Fish or more DeFi, and it'll take you to even more ways to contact us, like Discord links, Twitter, Twitch, all the good stuff. One of his raid Pokemon seems to be a, a best buddy Gibble. 989 CP. Shiny lucky Gibble. With that, let's send it back to Chris and Kyle. Thanks again, Fish and DeFi E, for another wonderful PvP Corner segment. All right, I did I did mention I did mention some mail of the E variety, and it, and it has a particular jingle. It goes like emails, and no voicemails this week. But that's all right. We have plenty of great emails. Kyle's going to go through some of these for us. First emails from Theo, and they said, hey, trainers, hope you're having a wonderful time. I think I know now how it feels when you haven't completed your goals. It was 100,000 Stardust, 500,000 experience, and ace rank. So in two weeks, I did two goals. But ace rank was not easy enough for me, so it didn't happen. I didn't set any goal fest goals, but I had two goals in mind. Get a shiny Rayquaza, Dino, Wishmer, and Chimeco. Sadly, I didn't get a single one of those. Oh. I did get 24 shinies total from both days, and one of them was a Verizian. It's a good looking one. The first day was a lot of fun. I completed all the collection challenges with ease. Spawns were pretty good, and I got 20 shinies that day, and a lot of those were new. On the first day, I also walked 21 kilometers. Or for those in the U.S., that would be 13 miles. My feet hurt there at the end of the day, but little did I know that was just the starter. The main dish would be day two. 
I got four shinies on day two, got 23 legendary Pokemon, and walked 17.8 kilometers, 11 miles. Wow. I was very pleased with this event. I got a lot of experience, almost level 38 now. And from catching so many meta Pokemon, I was able to collect enough to max out my 100% Metagross, make a great league vial, viable Azumarill and Bastidon. And my Bastidon is 98%. I don't care about PvP IVs. Some highlights of the event were a 96% Kyogre and Rockstar Pikachu, Shiny Verizian, and of course, meeting fellow trainers. Most of the time I did the Chris thing, being Zen, listening to your old episodes and catching, catching, catching. Overall, great event. P.S. Smart people caught their Meloetta at the extra candy hour. I did it by accident, though. Oh, <laughs> that's such a good idea. Oh, man. As Mitch always says, shiny vibes all from Theo, the Pokemon lover. I didn't think to do that Meloetta at the extra candy hour. Oh, I feel dumb now. Yes. It's okay. It's, it's, it's only That's 10 That's really candy. smart. It's very smart. It very is. Smart. It is. Yep. But it sounded like you had a heck of a time and you accomplished a whole lot across your two days of GoFest, which is really awesome. You covered a lot of literal and figurative ground. But thanks for sending in the email. Mm-hmm. Next email is from Jackson. And they said, hello. It's been a hot minute since I last wrote in. There's a lot to share. I went to Hawaii earlier this month and was super excited to catch Corsola. I was going to catch a bunch for myself and my friends. A Corsola spawned at the rental I was staying at, and it fled. Now I'm in the car driving through a city. A Corsola has shown up on my nearby. So I marked the stop, and right as we drove by the stop, as I was tapping, as I was waiting to tap the Corsola, I got the alert saying that the Pokemon had fled. I did not find a Corsola. Oh, no. Oh. oh. Now about GoFest. As I'm writing this email, is the 19th of July, my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I had a bunch of fun at GoFest the past few days. I ended up purchasing a ticket. There was a few issues before we went out to play, but this email is already long, and it will make it even longer. Anyways, my friend and I went to Santa Monica Pier for a few hours. We played in the arcade, rode roller coasters, and most importantly, played Pokemon Go. On day one, I got six shinies, including the shiny Eevee from one of the research. I was stuck on a task. On day two, my friends and I went to Season for a bit to, to catch and do some raids. We ended up doing a few raids. One of my friends got a shiny Suicune. There you go. Chris. Nice. I got a shiny Meloetta hat Ponyta and a shiny Carvana. Yo, that Ponyta is really good. It is. It's really good. I also got a Meloetta and Victini from last year's GoFest, which I still hadn't finished yet. Anyways, I had a ton of fun at GoFest. 10 out of 10 would buy again. Sincerely, Jackson. Well, so it sounds like you got a lot accomplished. That is awesome. Yeah, finishing up and getting the Victini too, like just it's like double double the the reward because you got both mythicals. That's sick. Good for you, Jackson. That's awesome. Thanks for sending in the email, Jackson. Next email is from Everlaster E, and they said, "Happy Go Fest, y'all. This has easily been one of my favorites. For starters, Meloetta is one of my all time favorite Pokemon, so that quest made me so happy." And on another note, I love, love, loved the choose your own adventure element of the special research. Oh, true. I went for Popstar Pikachu. How about you guys? Yeah. Rockstar Superior, but okay. No, get out of here. <laughs> Gardevoir also being one of my favorites, combined with the cute little hats, it just made for a great first day. 
Not even including the two shiny Wishmer, shiny Audino, and drum roll, please, a shiny Aaron. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pause here just because I didn't mention it. <laughs> I was commenting and Tyler was giving me a lot of garbage about shiny Aaron when it was cave hour or whichever hour it was. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And on the first day, he kept saying, oh, maybe you're going to get a shiny Aaron. Meanwhile, he got three shiny Aaron in the first hour. So it, <laughs> it was, was hilarious. So funny. It was so funny. <laughs> he holds up the phone and he's like, Kyle. <laughs> and I'm like, you deserve that. <laughs> and so we're sitting in this uh, roundabout circular area in Indianapolis at the end of the day. And it's literally the end of the day. It's 540. And I tap on an Aaron that is like underneath all of the stops or whatever. And of course it's shiny. This was after he had just turned to me and been like, man, I haven't gotten a shiny in a long time today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was the last shiny I got for the event. So I feel the pain that makes (laughs) six. That's six shiny Aaron. And only one of them is from an event. So yeah. (laughs) But there's more to this email that we got sidetracked from. The second day was my favorite of the two, though. Raids are one of my favorite elements of Pokemon Go, and so this day was as solid as a Regirock. Hmm. I completed my goal of getting every single legendary Pokemon in the game, complete with shiny Cresselia and a Hundo Zekrom. I'm jealous of that Zekrom. And Dialga. I freaking love Dialga. So I wanted to ask you who your favorite legendary was in each hour, and if you managed to snag any legendary raid shinies. Sorry for the long email and saying favorite a lot. Yours, Everlaster E. P.S. Is there any way I can get a tag like Mitch? <laughs> well, you got to be Mitch. That's the one. That's the one catch. That's the one catch. Um, I don't know about every hour, but uh, I can say that my favorite legendary that was available was I mean, my favorite legendaries that were available in general were two. I love Lugia and I love Suicune. I didn't get a chance to do as many of either of those two as I wanted to. But shiny Articuno. And Shiny Mewtwo are my Shiny Legendaries for the weekend. Uh, my favorite Legendary is probably Kyogre, mm-hmm. which Go actually caused because I used to like Groudon more than Kyogre. And then just just Go happened and I like Kyogre more. So big pink whale, big pink whale. It's so good. It is even so like, good. Even just a big blue whale. I just I love Kyogre. The way yeah. it opens its mouth, the mouth doesn't really open. It kind of just like <laughs> it just kind of hinges a little bit. It's funny. And I didn't, I got one shiny during the entirety of the raid day. That was a legendary at least. And it was an Entei, which I already had four of from when they did the Entei day. So it, it didn't feel so great. Yeah. DeFi got two and she's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm like, stop (laughs) making me do Entei's guys. I don't care that we're standing right next to them. Um, I did, as I mentioned earlier, get a shiny Mewtwo that was not during the day. So that kind of beats out. It was bad, though. So it's probably just going to sit there in my inventory for now. Thanks for sending in the email, Everlastery. Next one's from Payson. They said, hey, Chris and Kyle, my name is Spaceman, and I've really enjoyed listening to your show. I think you all have the best takes in the Pokemon Go podcast game. Oh, thanks. I wanted to share with you how much I enjoyed GoFest 2021. 
I loved being able to spend time with my friends outside. And I thought the Hoopa involvement was really clever. My highlights of the weekend were a second Hundo Dino, not shiny, two shiny Dino, one of which I lucky traded for a shiny V2, a shiny 98% Rayquaza. Wow, that's, that's a really good one. A 98% Groudon, and even a Hundo Dialga. Well, that's going to be valuable in the future if you go for that XL grind. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. I really had a successful and fun weekend. I hope to hear your thoughts and successes on GoFest as well on the next episode. I do have a short question. Where do you think the next Pokemon region will be based? I personally think West Coast United States or India, although Australia would be amazing. Keep up the good work, fellas. Thanks for putting on a great show every week. Sincerely, Spaceman. Next Pokemon region. I'd... I don't know if they could make it work, but I'd be down for like an African location, like a Sahara type setting. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be cool. That would be very, very cool. I would also be down for like, uh, like Egypt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like an Amazon. That's not a, that's not a bad one either. Yeah, that'd be neat. Or the Arctic. That'd be a weird one. That'd be a weird one. Just just a whole generation, no fire types. Yeah. Wait, we already had that. <laughs> oh, God, don't remind me. This next email is from Sevtoria. Hello, Chris and Kyle. Day one of GoFest was great. I caught two shiny Whalebers, three shiny Scythers. Oh, my hearts. I'm so jealous. Oh. Two shiny Audinos, two shiny Dinos. I'm still jealous of that. A shiny Ekans, which I was yelling at the heavens about. I wanted to catch that, too. <laughs> one shiny Hippopotas or a Hippo yeah. Potato. One shiny Dratini, one shiny Hat Pikachu, one yeah. shiny Beldum, a shiny Gligar, a shiny Snorlax. Way to bury the lead. Shiny Ralts, a shiny Tangela, and a Lolan Geodude that looks like a Cheeto. <laughs> Overall, the first day was great. I caught most of my shinies that day. But the second day, I raided all day and got absolutely no shiny legendaries from the raids. I was a bit frustrated because I paid even more money to play. I guess most of my luck was on day one. Overall, my biggest pride and joy would have to be my shiny Dinos, Whalmers, and my shiny Snorlax. Have a great day. You guys are great. I enjoy seeing you guys note the emails or voicemails when people address Chris first or Kyle first. <laughs> <laughs> Yours truly, Sevtoria. Well, what a haul. Good for you. That sounds awesome. I'm jealous of at least half of that list. Yeah, that's, that's that is a good haul. Yes, it really is. Um, and thank you so much for sending your email. Glad to hear that you had a great experience. Also, I forgot to note, it seems like people, some several of these last emails, people were really enjoying day two. So I'm glad to hear that other people in other situations other than ourselves had a really positive experience day two, um, as opposed to our critical take. Again, not to say we didn't enjoy it, but uh, day two seems uh, positive so far, generally speaking. But anyway, thanks again for the email, Subtori. I appreciate it. Next email is from Joe, and she said, hi, Kyle and Chris. Ah, see, there you go. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Long time <laughs> listener. First time email here. I have a question for you. I need to do a clean out of my Pokemon storage. I have been keeping Chansey and Snorlax to be gym defenders, but now I have too many. Which one should I keep? Am I looking for certain IVs, low or high CP, etc.? Thanks for any advice and shiny vibes all, Joe. All right, I think I can handle this. First, in regards to gym defenders, Chansey is better than Snorlax. 
Well, Blissey is better than Snorlax. Chansey is also better than Snorlax, but that's a that you can be particular if you want. Okay. Chansey is actually really good as well. I know you're probably referring to Blissey as well, but Chansey gets underneath the CP limit for gyms, so her CP decays a lot slower. So it's kind of a catch-22. The ideal is you want them to be hundos. You want the best IVs you can because more HP and more attack means they take out attackers better, although you're really just looking to outlast them, so it doesn't matter too much. And the CP thing is a little bit tricky. The higher CP, the stronger it is, obviously. But after 3,000 CP, I think it decays motivation much faster. I don't remember the exact numbers, but a 3,000 CP will be at zero, basically, at the end of eight hours. And if you're 29.99, you'll only lose like 20% or something silly like that. So in terms of gym defenders, Snorlax is second tier to put in when there's already a chance you're blissy. So you can probably safely get rid of most of the ones that you're keeping only for defending gyms. Do you think I missed anything, Chris? No, that's it. You already know more about this than I do. Yeah, that's that's that is also almost the extreme of my knowledge about defending gyms because I don't think I've held a gym on my own in over a year. <laughs> so do you want to my patented Chris uh, gym defense guide is throw something in there. I'm not going to use in the raid anytime soon and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. I usually depends on how my inventory is sorted. We'll just put something there. Yeah. Like if my inventory is sorted by recent, you're getting whatever I caught 10 minutes ago. Like honestly, <laughs> true. Yep. Especially if you're like being driven somewhere like in an Uber or by a friend and you're just yeeting things in the gyms as you go past. Yeah. You're just like Chikorita, you get a <laughs> you get Pidgey. a slime of. Yeah, like whatever. A lot of unknowns going in gyms during GoFest. The important thing, though, too, is especially if you're in a gym dense place, just put whatever you want in there so that you can get in there later remotely and feed berries Mm -hmm. because that's more valuable, I think. Yeah, but if you're looking to hold the gyms, maxed out levels, highest CP are going to survive the longest, but they'll decay automatically faster. So a, a good combination of high and mid-tier CP is uh, is good. Also, don't sleep on Wobbuffet. I'm going to say it again. It maxes out at like, I don't know, 800 CP or something. So it yeah. lasts forever. It's psychic. So it resists Machamp and is overall annoying to take down. Yeah. When also, you- I wouldn't recommend sleeping physically on a Wobbuffet. They're not as soft as they look. Uh, how, how do you know? Do they, do they got are they are they got they got like a leathery rubber skin or I think they're rubbery. I think they're rubbery. Maybe there's some fur there. You don't know. Mm, based we, on did, what I've seen in Super Smash Brothers, I think they're rubber. Did, did we see it? Them. Did we see it in Detective Pikachu? No, we did not. Okay, then we don't have Which is kind of a yet. missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kidding. Hmm. Anyway, thank you again for the email, Joe. And this last one is from Mitch. Hello, Chris and Kyle. Hey Mitch. What's Hello. up? GoFest is over. It was wonderful seeing you guys. We all felt the positive, friendly vibes. Much needed meeting of the wonderful Pogo Minds. Shoutouts to Tyler, DeFi, Moo, and Bronk. He spelled it that way. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> Just wanted to say hi. Going to skip on goals this week. Hopefully I can snag one of those fossil shinies. Shiny vibes all. 
Cooks Gravy, Mitch, Resident Super Player, Streamer Supreme, etc., etc. PhD. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for the email, Mitch. And uh, yes, of course, like we've said many times throughout this episode, it was wonderful seeing friends and, and hanging out in person. Let's do it again. Let's run it back, as they say. Uh, but that wraps up the email section. So if you, dear listener, would like to be one of these fine folks who has sent in an email, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also call 262-586-7717 and leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the show and uh, and react to it in real time. It's a lot of fun. You can visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast, as well as also a, a contact form. You can send an email through the website at GoCastPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily and gain access to our patron Discord, you can do so via Patreon. That's spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash go cast podcast and shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons cyprian bo daniel Zuckwalker, andrew chad robert michael ozzy ted and tish thank you so very much for your patronage and helping us keep the digital lights on uh, if you'd like to help support the show in another way and this is free for you to do you can leave us a review on such platforms as uh Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. I've been saying Google Podcasts, but DeFiE this weekend pointed out that that's not a thing. So I can be disappointed in two venues, Google Podcasts <laughs> and Spotify. Get your stuff together, please. <laughs> uh, but please leave us a review if you can. Um, it's free and takes you about two minutes and it helps us out immensely. So please and thank you. Um, and that's pretty much it, except for, of course, setting some goals. Kyle, what are you interested in trying to achieve oh, this week? God, I have one goal. It's too ambitious because the event's starting so late this week, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. Shiny shield on or Granados. One of the two. Doesn't matter which. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of shield on raids, though. That's that's for sure. All right. Complete the time research because I know I have to make that a goal. Otherwise, if it's not easy, I'm going to forget to do it. The time to research. Okay. And do some go battle league. How much? What's, what's my current rank right now? I am. I, I can't see my ranking on. I'm rank 16. So let's say rank 18 if I can. Okay, so I've got Shiny Shield on or Kranidos, the time to research in rank 18 in GBL. Yep. Okay, for myself, I want to catch a Shiny Unknown U, and it's going to be my obsession for the next couple of weeks here. 500,000 experience, the time to research, of course. Hatch 50 eggs and 200,000 Stardust. I'm starting the slow, slow climb up to 10 million Stardust at one time, in which case I will then allow myself to spend 5 million. Yep, that is my goal, and that is my reward. 5 million after that, because I'll be comfortable back at 5 million. I can't imagine bringing myself down to like 1 or 2 anymore. It just, that that idea makes me sad because uh, I have a problem. It's all the same. If you don't spend it, it doesn't matter. It does because I like the number, and that and this game is all about personal enjoyment. That's why we spent oh we set gosh. goals every week. 
but yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, dude, I finished all my type platinum medals. I had three dragons left and I did it. Oh, and one more thing I forgot to share. Oh my gosh, Kyle, I'm not, were you even there for this? But Maybe, I got I my I gold magic cart medal, the Fisher medal. No, my I think you got it like right at the, like right before, right at the start or something. Yeah, but it, the, my 300th XL Magikarp was a shiny Magikarp. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Tell and Moo was like, you got to name it Leonidas. I'm like, that's brilliant. And I did. And it's beautiful. And it's going to get maxed out, right? It's got terrible IVs and you're going to take it to level 50. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Maybe. And then you're going to mega evolve it. Shiny shrimp gang. <laughs> anyway, that's enough for this episode. Uh, that's more than enough for this episode. Looking at the recording time right now. And we'll see you all next week for episode 155. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.